What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. And if you're listening to this episode, it is 2023. But for the most part, we are here to talk about 2022. Um, a huge storm in Buffalo kind of delayed certain things. Uh, there were some other hiccups. Um, so we were not able to actually talk about 2022 until the first day of 2023. But this episode is all about looking back and then looking forward, not only to what comes in media, but what is coming in Matt Goes to the Movies as we're going to have some changes to the show uh, in the new year. But in order to talk about 2022, there's a lot and it's going to be just a lot of breakdown of what we thought of what was some of our favorite movies, what were some of our least favorite movies, shows, anticipation, things like that. And unfortunately, because of some of these changes, uh, Harrison from The Basement Binge was not able to join us for this. Harrison, uh, hope you're listening. Hope you enjoy this. Um, And we'll get you on real soon, hopefully, maybe for The Last of Us, which might be something that's coming in 2023 from HBO Max. But uh, Rob, I'll I'll go to you first um, before we really break into this. 2022. Boy, the day seemed really long, but the year went by fast. It, it kind of flew by, and I feel like it always, you know, we always say that all the time. But um, around this time last year, we were talking about getting excited to review Matrix 4. <laughs> think about Yuck. how long ago. Think, Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, trust me. Uh, but think about how long ago that was. And um, yeah, a lot can happen in a year. A lot can change. The entertainment world had its share of ups and downs. and. I think that what I'll remember this year the most for really is just the stories of the year more so I think than the actual media that came out. I think I'm probably going to remember the stories more than the actual shows and, and films for the most part. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was a huge part of 2022 was not only the media that and the content that came out, but so many behind the scenes stories, rumors, some of it true, some of it you still don't know to this day. Um, but it filled a lot of the space um in what we consumed. But, you know, Brandon, what what are some of your initial thoughts on what 2022 brought to us? See, you guys say it went by fast. I'm still surprised that the Batman came out this year. <laughs> but I'm like, man, that came out this year. Like, it feels like forever ago. But yeah, there, it's been a lot of stuff, like story wise, like casting, decasting for certain people. <laughs> but it's been a crazy year and it's been pretty good. But I do think next year will blow it out of the water in terms of movies, show, and even like games. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think the way I'll remember 2022 is I, I do agree with Brandon where there were a couple of things that I was looking at that I was like, wow, that did come out in 2022 just because there were so many like Rob, you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I will just remember so many crazy stories that came out in 2022 that it makes it seem like some of these movies came out in the year prior, like it's just so weird to look back and see what we actually got in 2022. But again, that's, that's probably what I'll remember this year most for, you know, and I think one of the things as we get into grading, what kind of year it was, 
it was a very strange time. Obviously, theaters were were back open again. Um, they had been for a, for a little bit of time, but there was still a whole lot around the COVID nineteen pandemic that hadn't really been sussed out to the point of the way that we understand it now. Um, <clears throat> thinking back to exactly twelve months ago, this day. Uh, I had COVID and I I didn't have a great time with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back to how long ago that was um, and all the things that went along with that, you know, that that is still having an impact on this year. When we think back to what we actually got released, a lot of the stuff that, that happened was possibly delayed or affected in some way or had to be redone. Uh, because I, I think a lot of what we saw this year, and, and I don't, I'm not going to necessarily say I think this was a great year in film and TV. I, I'm I'm not going to say that, but I think part of it I will excuse because there still was so much. You got to keep in mind the the amount of time that it takes to create from start to finish a television show or a major feature film. I mean that's an ungodly amount of time, and there's no way to think that most of what we got this year wasn't in some way still affected by all of the events of 2020 into 21, and still the uncertainty of where we were at this time last year. Um, you know, there was still a lot of okay, is it going to debut on streaming? Is it going to debut simultaneous in theaters? Um, you know, there was still a lot of that uncertainty. So, kind of a weird year, yeah. Um, but. I'm kind of looking forward to 23 getting back to a little more of a sense of normalcy, I think. Yeah. Um, as normal as things still are, it's, it is funny to think that, you know, when way back when, when everything first got announced and COVID was originally around and there were so many people, us including talking about is digital now going to be the way is streaming services and, you know, one thing that we really did see was certain releases, you know, um, say what you will about how, like, you know, Avatar, The Way of the Water, it's made a ton of money so far. You've got Top Gun Maverick, which is something we'll discuss. There are certain movies that people still just, they want to go to the theater for. And I think it really did this year. It showed the separation of like, what is, and Rob, you had mentioned this, what is a tentpole movie and what people will go to the theater for to see in certain things that you're like, yeah, this is the way the world is. This is at home on streaming on streaming like this does like this needs to drop on HBO max or such and such, um, you know, whatever streaming service that it's supposed to go on. But, you know, there were certain movies that really did buck that trend this year. There was a lot, you know, I think a movie that I know we're going to touch on at some point, you think about when we sat down to watch Prey and one of the things we lamented was I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen. Um, So I think I think that conversation is going to continue to happen in 23. You know, should this have gone straight to streaming? Should this have not been on streaming? Um, But but services like Netflix, services like Amazon Prime, you know, certainly Warner with HBO Max, um, you know, it's turning into Discovery or whatever it is they're doing with it. They're going to continue to look for reasons for people to retain their subscriptions to those services. So streaming is not going to just go away that I think we're still going to keep talking about it um, as just part of the landscape. And and I think what you'll probably see, we definitely saw this with Black Widow, um, you know, agents, stars, studios are really going to have to 
have a better understanding of how that's all going to work for one another so that everybody can stay happy and keep working together. I, I want to say, I think if I remember correctly, you had said when we've recorded Prey that they were kind of surprised that it was sent right to Hulu. I, I want to say the filmmakers expected that to be a theatrical release. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, there there was some you know surprise there. I also think that you know from a standpoint of let's really look at that franchise. It's not like Predator has had the greatest track record um, in in recent <laughs> releases with with box office numbers. So you know that's one of those ones where you know. Would I have liked to see it on the big screen? And again, that'll be a movie that we talk about in you know some of these categories that we're going to discuss. I, I would have, but I also understand that movie being on streaming because I think they really needed to gauge where people stood with the franchise if they produce a good movie, um, which I think if they're able to do a sequel, I think that will, you know, I think the response to Prey and putting this originally on Hulu can get them a sequel in theaters more so than if this would have released in theaters and then went to streaming after. Um, you could easily see a model exist where the first film becomes, it's almost like a demo, right? Yep. Like the first film becomes accessible on streaming services that most people either have themselves or have the password to from somebody else. And then when people get big into it and really enjoy that franchise or get reinvigorated for that franchise, then all of a sudden it gets put behind the paywall, so to speak. And now you have to buy a ticket at the theater to see the next entry. It's the 10 minute test footage of Deadpool. You got you got to throw it out there to see if people were interested yeah, in it. So exactly. Uh, Brandon, before we move on to actual you know topics and talk about some of these movies in general, uh, anything that you want to add to what we talked about with streaming services or theaters? Because I know we did go see movies in the theater. Um, to me, it's still the experience. Like there, oh, there's yeah. just a way. Yeah, it's always like the big audience kind of like when you get a good audience, like that kind of almost always beats on the couch viewing. But yeah, No Way Home was an example. Uh, yeah, of no, that. No Way Home is probably the biggest biggest example. Absolutely. Of that. But um, I think one thing that could happen, I think we could see stuff coming on streaming earlier. Because look at, because I think they see numbers where, take a look at Knives Out. I mean, that's also Netflix kind of screwing it over. But you look at the numbers like day one when Glass Onion got put on streaming and it blew up. Which I want to point out, Brandon's in love with Ryan Johnson. We, mm, <laughs> Oh wow. That movie, but do not <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I think really because we'll give this what we overall thought of 2022 in terms of a popcorn time rating scale. But you know, Matt goes to the movies. We had a lot of episodes. Um a a ton of episodes this year. And we're talking about, you know, did we have a favorite episode to record? And you know, I've I've recorded with Brandon, I've recorded with Rob, I've done episodes by myself and Harrison. So I did for me, I broke this down um, actually a couple different things. So the, the, what I'm going to say here is my favorite episode to record by myself was the Halloween um, 40 Years of Michael Myers episode. Um, 
that has been just such a huge franchise for me. I absolutely love that character. I'll talk more about that in another category that we're going to discuss, whether it be surprise of the year, disappointment of the year, favorite movie of the year. Um, There's a lot there. So my favorite single episode is Halloween. Uh, My favorite episode that I recorded with Brandon was talking about Dragon Ball. Um, That is just a really cool experience. I was able to go see superhero with my two kids. And then we discussed that. Um, I just, I had a blast. Um, you know, talking about that movie and Rob with you by far, you actually, when we were coming up with how we were going to discuss things, you put it as an example and yeah, you said daredevil and that really (laughs) was my favorite episode to record. Um, I, I literally had a blast um, (laughs) talking about, that movie and how socially acceptable it was to beat up a woman in front of kids for some reason on a playground oh, a teeter-totter. And, and a teeter-totter and just all this weirdness that went into that movie. Um, and it's, you know, it's still so funny to this day to think that was Ben Affleck's introduction into superhero movies. And then we get him as Batman in three different movies, two of them I thought he portrayed the character unbelievably in, and then the Whedon version of Justice League, I thought, what did you do to this man? Um, But that was my favorite episode to record. Um, I do have one from the EPU, and it might be a surprise. Uh, I absolutely love the Minions episode. I have enjoyed all of the EPU episodes, but for whatever reason, the Minions one, um, it was just a really, really fun episode to listen to. And then I enjoyed, now this isn't individually, but um, he was a part of this episode. My favorite episode that Harrison was a part of was listening to him actually talk about Transformers the last night because I cannot stand (laughs) that movie with a passion. But the one thing that I will say is Harrison has a way of just like, okay, and we don't do this really with anybody else, you know, if they like a movie that we don't, but just the way that he talks about it, he had such like, and even movies, other movies that I've listened to him review on the basement bench, he has such like, an affection about them that I can't help, but just enjoy listening to and talk about it. Even though going like, I God, I hate this movie. I, every scene that you're describing right now is literally <laughs> making me cringe. Um, but just the, the way that he goes, I'll tell you, into I'll tell you what Harrison's it. really good. So, but yeah, what that's, Harrison's that's really good at is, is when uh, it, it's kind of like when he's describing a movie that he likes that we hate, it's it's like when somebody's wearing an ugly shirt and you're like, you know what, that's an ugly shirt, but it looks good on you. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I'd be afraid to ever have that guy try to talk to me about giving him money or something because he'd convince <laughs> me. I'd be like, Yeah, I, I, I don't need it. I guess you do. Like, Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh he does that with, with Ninja Turtles. He did that definitely with different parts of the uh Transformer series for sure. Um I, I also loved the Daredevil episode. It's just um breaking down that absolute dumpster fire was, was, was really a blast. Um, 
hopefully we'll get a chance to have uh, last night come out soon. And and I really did enjoy over on the basement binge when we got a chance to do the, um, the trilogy of how to train your dragon. That was actually really a lot of fun to do. I'm yeah. looking forward to those finally getting a chance to get released and then having a chance to bring on uh, my oldest daughter, Lillian for uh, co-hosting a couple of shows was really a lot of fun this year. So Matt, you already mentioned uh, rise of Gru. That was really a good time, but um uh, getting a chance to get into Lyle Lyle Crocodile was really a, a blast um, to do. And uh, certainly uh, from dusk till dawn was a great time because we really got we got we got goofy with that one. And it was a lot of fun. So I would definitely recommend listeners, if you've not checked out those episodes, they are available. Go check those out. You will enjoy them. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Brandon, what do you what do you got? So I originally had two but I'm going to bring up a third one just to kind of antagonize the two of you. So my first one, I have the Black Panther Wakanda Forever review. There was something about that that just felt like a genuine, like, good recording that we did. Now, the second one is one through four of the video game review. It just felt nice to go through that and kind of listen to everyone else's experiences through these games. Now, <laughs> the third one... The Resident Evil review. Because yeah. <laughs> it was just fun to actually watch that movie and go through it immediately and review it after. Like, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, that Black Panther episode was a lot of fun. It, it helped that I enjoyed that movie a lot, much more so than I enjoyed the original Black Panther movie. Um which I, I get crap about all the time. Um, From who? <laughs> who would do that? Who would, who would do such a thing? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, again, yeah, those, uh, that Resident Evil one was fun. I know that's something we're going to try to continue to do, but. And it's yeah. available on YouTube. So uh, if you yeah. if you have the time, definitely check it out on YouTube if you're curious what we actually look like. Yeah. <laughs> been terrorizing these two on when we're gonna do the next movie <laughs> i i know usually i'm the one that's like hey let's watch this piece of crap and brandon like <laughs> i again it's it's either he's like yeah let's go watch green lantern real quick. <laughs> it's let's it, not it's either brandon likes you rob or he really dislikes you because i was like oh i was like i threw on netflix and a resident evil apocalypse was on there he's like so when are we gonna do the review? Yeah, well he was like, We cannot watch that without Rob. We're not <laughs> suffering without him. Like <laughs> he signed the contract. We're in this together. So yeah, those those were a lot of fun. Um Rob, you know, you mentioned it's really a toss-up. Um, but I would say uh one of the things that we talked about was do we have a favorite playlist from the EPU? Cause one of the things that, that happens there is there's a curated playlist from those movies that you reviewed. Um, and as I thought about it for me, uh, gone in 60 seconds, um, oh, yeah. it, it is there, but it really, I, I gotta be honest. It, it took me a little bit, but I ultimately, uh, I did end on that. I, if I'm ever late for work, that's what I put on. And I promise you, you'll get to work on time uh, if you put on that <laughs> playlist. So for listeners who, uh, for some reason, have not yet checked out the Extended Podcast Universe, uh, it's a spinoff show that I host and I bring on either my brother, Eric, or my oldest daughter, Lillian. 
uh, with possible more guests for 23. We'll see how that we'll see how that works out. I've got a couple things I'm working on. Um, but uh, Eric always, always, always loves talking about the use of music in movies and things like that. He's you know lifelong music lover, and uh, so he's he curates a playlist of uh, great songs from the movie, and then uh, it's not just the soundtrack; it's also you know other things inspired by that, the general vibe of the movie. So it's like usually if you listen to one of those playlists, you'll you'll really be in the mood to watch that movie. And uh, the Gone in sixty seconds one was some really good work he put together, but. Um, I personally love the uh, what he put together from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. It's just got this, you know, kind of bluesy southern rock kind of Mexicali sort of feel that's it's, it's a little bit dirty, it's a little bit um you know, it's 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 got a, a real grimy, honest feel to it and uh, it's it's got some great stuff, so I I enjoy listening to that when I'm out walking the dog. Yeah, that literally was what I was going back and forth between was those two and and where i was gonna put that but you can find those on spotify you just search mgttmepu and you will pretty much find everything uh each one has its own unique name uh for example the one that he did for fight club is called i am jack's playlist so uh it's just having some fun if you're a fan of that film if you're a fan of the of the films that are covered over there uh you'll definitely enjoy the playlists yeah i I mean i i certainly did um Again, it's it's it was so interesting to see the work that he put into that, and because yeah, he definitely does have a real appreciation and, and a love, and kind of like I mentioned with Harrison, you, you can really tell the genuineness when he's talking about the use of music that's used in a movie and things like that. Um, so I've I, I've always enjoyed listening to those EPU episodes, especially for you know that extra kind of insight uh, that that I really like. Um, so I, I definitely continue to recommend checking those out. But, you know, as we talk about some of the things that were our favorites to record, um, you know, there were a lot of things that we talked about that happened in 2022. And, you know, I think one of the things that the next category that I do want to talk about, um, and it's going to run into two categories. So we had two things that we talked um that we talked about putting on this list and the first one that i'm going to mention is a breakout actor or actress of the year and my thoughts on that topic lead me into a personal resolutions for ourselves and the way we consume media and entertainment and going forward in 2023 so as i'm talking out a breakout actor and actress i really didn't have a lot to say. And that's part of my personal resolution is I want to branch out more and watch more, you know, watch kind of more things that are outside of my bubble. And sometimes that's hard because of work and other things, you know, going on is Rob, you know, you've talked about this, you have a limited amount of time. So what you get to consume isn't always, you know, a lot and it's got to be very targeted. Um, that, that's one of my resolutions though, is because I know there's a lot of good things that happened in 2022 that I probably missed out on because I was watching almost, you know, mainstream things. And even though I saw something on Netflix or I saw something get a really good review, it was, well, it's not in my necessary wheelhouse. And I really want to get to see like the Batman 
or the dark uh the dark world <laughs> thor love and thunder um you know th- doing things like that or wakanda forever um but rob mentioned one and i'm i'm not going to steal his thunder with this actor but it made me think of somebody as you know a breakout and it's not necessarily a breakout but just i was really impressed with him regardless of what you thought maybe of the movie um I'm sure one of them's more regarded than the other, but my guy that I was really impressed with that I was like, man, he really, for me, stepped up and could be the person that's going to lead going forward was Benedict Cumberbatch, because I thought his performance in No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I thought he was really good, and I really saw him kind of taking over and being one of the main focal people in the MCU, because I loved his relationship with Peter Parker. I loved his character growth in multiverse of madness. Um, and I just was really, really impressed with him and kind of saw that as them positioning him to be maybe, you know, the almost kind of like Tony Stark, like this is our guy that everybody's going to love for these next couple of phases that we're going to do. Um, but th- that was one guy that really, really impressed me this year, um, it, it, with those performances. So I have kind of two people I'd like to talk about as far as breakout performers of the year. Um, and neither of these are people that were unheard of. Certainly the second one was absolutely heard of the first person, um, that I, that I really think just the immediate one that jumped out to me as the breakthrough performer of the year for me was Tatiana Maslany. Um, we saw her in She-Hulk, and we certainly had a chance to talk about She-Hulk a lot, and we'll, we'll probably talk about She-Hulk some more. Say whatever you want about it, and whatever your opinion of that show is, is correct. If you didn't like the show, you're right. If you did like the show, you're also right. If you kind of were like, you know, Matt, you and I and, and Harrison all kind of fell in a similar place where it was like, there was, there was parts of it we liked a lot. And there were parts of it. We were just like, get this the hell out of here. Like, what is this garbage? What is this nonsense? But the one thing that we all agreed on was she was fantastic. Um, you know, whatever she was given to work with, she did a great job. I think she's, I think she could definitely lead a film. Um, I think she could lead a, you know, be a, a major focus, uh, focal point of the MCU. I, I really think that she is an actress has the presence to, to move the needle. Um, and I'd like to see more with her. Um, so she was a breakthrough performer for me again, not that she's somebody that we haven't heard of before, but she was really put into a spotlight, uh, this year. And my second person, again, this is, you know, Matt, like your choice of of Benedict Cumberbatch. It's not exactly like we never heard of the guy before, um, but really just took a a major step forward and and dominated a good portion of the year. Um, My my second person that really came to mind was Robert Pattinson. And I want to defend it because immediately people are going to be like throwing their earbuds against their car window going, get the hell out of here. What are you talking about? We, you know, he's not a breakthrough performer. He's, he's been around for a while. So you think about when this guy first leapt onto the the just the front of the forefront of everybody's attention. It was with the Twilight films, and that's a very specific kind of film for a very specific, very very specific targeted audience. 
that target audience is most likely not the Matt goes to the movies audience. <laughs> it's definitely not the target audience of the Matt goes to the movies personalities on air. It's it's not our it's not our thing. It's not our thing at all. No kidding. I'm not exactly breaking news at eleven here, but um after that like and and by the way pattinson has largely gone on record saying he hated being in those movies and he hates those movies he has appeared in a variety of smaller films that he absolutely crushed and did a lot of that and i can remember when it was announced that he was going to take the role of batman the immediate reaction was very similar to the heath ledger joker announcement it was like, oh my God, what are they doing? They're they're getting the sparkly vampire to be Batman. You're ruining Batman. Like, what have you done? And they said the same thing about Heath Ledger. You know, the guy that was in the cowboy movie <laughs> is now going to be the Joker. Like, are you kidding me with this? And then Heath, I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker has been the definition of the role. And I'm not ready to say that Pattinson's interpretation of, of Bruce Wayne and Batman as the iconic interpretation, but he crushed it. He did a fantastic job with it, put himself back into the forefront is now, you know, a, a, a name that everybody knows, everybody responds to, and everybody likes him now. It's not just, you know, the 17 year old high school girls and their, you know, middle-aged moms that are pretending like they don't like the movie, but they, they do like the movie for whatever reason. Um, it's everybody is behind this guy wants to see more of him in this role and just wants to see more of him in general. I think he's successfully navigated him, his career to a point now where the, when you hear Robert Pattinson, you don't think the sparkly vampire movie first, you think the Batman and respect him as an actor. So to me, that's why I'm going to, um, that's why I'm going to call him one of my breakout performers of the year. I do just want to go on record. Um, I know you said you're not willing to commit to it, but I did on an episode state he will be the definitive version of Batman. Of you did. Right. You were on record. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I totally uh, I, I agree with that. And uh, Brandon's got an interesting one that I did not think about, but it ties into something else. But uh, Brandon, we'll let you talk about who you've got. For Breakout, because he's only been in one of these movies, and I did not expect him to take like that role and make it that good, especially considering I didn't think they'd take this show and make it this good. I have Diego Luna from Andor as Cassie and Andor. Like that show is awesome, and I'll be talking about it later. But he kills it, and I was shocked. Like with all the scenes that he's had, I think a lot of that cast should also be on like a breakout star because everything in that show was good, and especially Diego. Yeah, I just I'm sorry, I just got to jump in. Andor, Andor rivals Mandalorian for me as as some of the best star wars like that is oh, wow. how good andor is it is it is incredible it is a it, it's a tight story but there's a lot of overall branching narratives like if you're paying attention it it talks about so much that we have seen in star wars but yeah and, good god andor was I was glued to, to that show once I started actually consistently watching it. 
I, I realistically did not want to stop. And I put them on it too. I was like, hey, if we're going to do a 2022 review, you need to watch what is probably on the rise for best show of 2022. So you had another one though, and it was a it was a female actress, and yes. I, I want you to say that I one. was thinking about it because is she? I was thinking on if she was a breakout actress, and I was kind of thinking of another one as well. I think first I'll mention Jenna Ortega, who has gotten amazing, like inter- who has just risen on the internet. She did the Netflix show Wednesday, which is breaking numbers. And now she's going to be in Scream 6, so I'm excited about that. But the other one I had was, um, how do I say your name? I completely forgot. How do I say your name? I, I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> it slipped my mind as soon. There is Angela Beth Bassett. Because she took a side character and acted better than the main character. Because if you go back and watch that Black Panther review, with I think there was a whole like five minute segment where we were praising her beyond belief. Yeah, I think everybody, you know, just her scenes in Wakanda Forever. Um, there was so much talk about her getting an Oscar for that performance. She should be nominated for it. Um, I actually don't know if she is Rob. Do you know, have they started saying anything about that? I don't even know when Oscars are anymore. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny, you know, you mentioned the Oscars when you think back to what we'll remember about 2022 is the most memorable thing that happened this year. Chris rock getting slapped in the face by Will Smith. (laughs) Is that actually the most memorable thing that happened this year? Like it feels weird to say that, but I, I kind of feel like that's the image of the year (laughs) in entertainment. Yeah, that was yeah, that was wild. But with Jenna Ortega, yeah, she she's even said she did not expect to kind of blow up the way she did. I did really like her in Scream Five. Um, really excited to see her come back for Scream Six. But Wednesday is also another show that's really up there. I I got a chance to actually watch that, and that's really well done. Um, I was super impressed with that show and really impressed with her. Um, but I, I think those are some really good choices. So what now I use that as like a way to tie in to like how I kind of want to consume media, you know, Rob, do you have any similar thoughts on that with, I know it's very difficult for you, but trying to slip in something that you normally wouldn't watch, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned, um, I've, I have talked about it before. It's hard for me to rewatch things because it's like, okay, I, I have so many things that I haven't watched yet that I want to get to. It's hard for me to justify going back and watching something new. Um, you know, my, my time is, is tough. You know, when you're, when you're a father of three and work a full-time job, it's, it's, uh, you know, that time is, is precious. Um, but I, I also think that getting outside my comfort zone is, is another resolution for me because I, I tend to, when it comes to media, I tend to stick in this, and this is comics, this is shows, movies, video games. 
I stick with what I know and I stick with what I'm, you know, the, the big stuff, the AAA releases. So it's the, you know, when the new Assassin's Creed game comes out, I'm getting it. You know, like I spend my time on, on that when the new, you know, when a new GTA comes out or Elder Scrolls, like that's what I'm going to get into. Cause I know it's, it's rock solid. It's can't miss. Um, when the MCU launches something new, you know, okay, that's, uh, that's going to be something I get into, but I'll tell you what's been kind of interesting is, um, since I got Xbox Game Pass and now it's like, okay, I don't have to like plunk down 60 bucks to try something. I've been exposed to so many just funky, cool, like just, I'll give you a great example. There's a game called Spider Heck that my son and I have been playing. That's just zany and and wild and fun. And uh, you would never pick this game up if you walked into a GameStop and just like, hey, I'm going to go look for games. Like you would have never taken this one to the counter with you unless someone told you about it. But I think that's a great example of of getting outside your comfort zone and finding something that's, you know, we've had hours of fun playing this together. Um, you know, another g- game like Gunfire Reborn is, is another example that's been fantastic on Game Pass. So I think getting outside my comfort zone and, and I say that, but my true resolution for this year is I got to get caught up. I am so far behind on so many things. <laughs> I still have yet to even watch the Eternals. It's like one of those things I'm like, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. Like it's, you know, you don't I need to watch it until the Thunderbolts yep, releases, exactly. apparently. Yeah, I'll get to it. You know, like I'll finish what if at some point, like, you know, I'll, I'll get around to this stuff. Um yeah, before I start anything new, um, I, my resolution is to actually finish the stuff that uh, that I've already started, which which is really hard. And I'm sure there's there's going to be a bunch of people listening to this right now that are like, "Samezies," <laughs> you know, yeah, they're yeah. like, "That's <laughs> that's me too." Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to try to get caught up on um, on some of that stuff before I get into anything new. Yeah, I mean, one of the, you know, you mentioned video games. One of the the ones that I remember, like just from PlayStation Plus, and I think it's on Game Pass. Was there's this you know game called What Remains of Edith uh, Finch? Oh yeah, I remember hearing about it. it, it fantastic. Never would have done anything, but I was like, whatever. It's one of the free games. Let me just play it. And I was like, well, I I have to beat this in one day now, like because it's it's a relatively very short game, so you can beat it in about five six hours. But I was just like so hooked on it that I couldn't stop. Um, you know, one of the games that I just got that I'm absolutely like enamored with is Marvel's Midnight Suns. And I've never played any of the XCOM games. Um, I just said, well, it's Marvel. Let me branch out and try and play one of these card based turn games. And God, I'm so glad I got that game because um, it's amazing. It's not really selling that well, I think, because it's not what people are looking for from a Marvel game. But I think anybody that picks it up would be incredibly surprised at the amount of depth that's in that game and like the lore that's into it. So Brandon, anything for how you want to consume stuff in 2023? Yeah, I think mine, at least one of mine kind of echoes what you guys are saying, just kind of getting like into different things. Like Knives Out, I literally was like, I felt like watching this. A big one is Scream. My dad came home and was like, are you watching Scream? I'm like, yeah, I just felt like it's Halloween. But just being able to, and I think streaming does a good job of making this happen, of going into different stuff and seeing if you like it. Another one is I want to be less critical sometimes (laughs) of some things. (laughs) 
like Dan and I were watching a video on the Rise of Skywalker, and it's like he does this one channel does stuff like everything great with, and he said a really like good line is that every movie has at least one person that views it as, as its favorite. And even though you won't be seeing me say that for Rise of Skywalker, it's a good notion to have for stuff like that. Yeah, I really like that channel. Um, it's on YouTube, and it's like everything great about. And it was a really interesting line, like Brandon just said, about I don't make these videos on the uh, like under the assumption or even saying that these are my favorite movies but i know people that like these things and like the things that he pointed out about rise of skywalker like that particular thing for him like really hit home for me because i just look at that movie as like pure nostalgia like it's terrible but it's terrible and always star wars and it was just kind of like yeah whether you and there's another movie that did this like whether you like it or not, it is really the end. Like it's the end of what we knew for forty year, forty years in terms of Star Wars. Um, so I really like the way he just kind of made that happen. Um, Rob, I know that will never occur with the Last <laughs> Jedi, but <laughs> but nope. You know, I think that's actually an appropriate title to mention. And move into what were our disappointments of the year? <laughs> and that notion. you know, that's obviously probably not too many. <clears throat> no. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for me, it starts with phase four of the MCU. And I think I have to be a little bit like Brandon said. Maybe I have to be a little bit less critical because what was phase four? And to some degree, what did we really expect phase four to be after getting, you know, let's face it, Rob, you have, you and I have been on this planet longer than Brandon, longer than some of the listeners that listen to this show. Maybe most of them, some of, I don't know, but you and I, as we were, you know, on the outside looking in and we talked about, you know, it didn't used to be cool to be a nerd. Now, everybody now, now it's the cool thing to like Marvel movies and comic book characters and, and, and nerd is the in. Um, I've said it a million times. You're only cool if you're a nerd. Yeah. But back then when you and I were consuming this content and watching nineties, X-Men cartoons and Spider-Man and, and collecting, you know, the, the Fleer cards and things like that. We never in a million years would have imagined an Avengers movie, let alone a good Avengers movie. And even though Avengers was good back then, I don't think you and I or anybody could have anticipated what Endgame was getting Endgame, getting that culmination. And you're coming off what is almost the highest of highs. And then you're transitioning into, well, that was the culmination of what? Uh, 15, how many years of, of movies? It started yeah, like 22, 23 films. You know, the yeah. end game was the 23rd film. Right. You know, <clears throat> that, that culminated in 
14 years because Iron Man came out in 2008. You know, 2000 and was uh, 12 years. What, what was Endgame? 2020? I think so. No. No? It was like 18 or 19. Okay, so still, you you still, that's, you know, 10, 11 years. It's a lot of years. You know, it's a lot of years. It's, it's a lot of years. <laughs> Where was Phase 4 going to go? Because now they have to build you know, they, they have to build something to get to that same level and not everything during phase one, two, and three hit, you know, Rob, you and I don't like Iron Man three. We don't like Thor, the dark world. We don't like guardians of the galaxy two. We didn't like Ant-Man and the wasp. Um, now I do think that's affected too, because of the fact that the high, like the highs of, you know, phase one, two, and three are way higher than, anything from phase four as much as i love moon knight i don't think it comes close to anything that's as as high as phase one two or three um but that really was you know a disappointment i'm hoping maybe that we get some pickup here in 2023 but you know overall for me i've got some more but i'll let you guys both chime in on that you know phase four especially going back and watching love and thunder again and things like that but to me, the writing was on the wall and how, and Rob, you mentioned this, just the way that Ragnarok was done. To me, it's, you know, Love and Thunder is the Batman and Robin to Batman forever. Like, hmm. Ragnarok worked. People enjoyed it. It was fun. It was colorful. It was a different side of Thor. And then they went, well, they love Thor as a bro. Let's turn him into a college bro. And to me, they just went way over the top in Love and Thunder. And I really do think it's, I I, I give it a, a Batman Forever to Batman and Robin treatment where they're like, well, if they liked it, then they'll like more of it. And it was like, no, it was because it was still somewhat moderated. They liked the right amount of it. Yeah, I think the, the Batman comparison, you know, I'd never really thought about it in those terms before, but I think it makes perfect sense to me. Um, you know, in terms of disappointments for the year, you know, I, I kind of want to just expand a little bit on what you had talked about, Matt, but the MCU as a whole this year was, was kind of a disappointment. Um, and, and I think to like what Brandon was saying, you know, just kind of resetting some expectations and things like that. I, I think we just kind of have to come to terms with infinity war and end game will just never happen again. It's just never going to happen again. Um, I, I think uh, no way home was maybe a, a, a mountain you know it was a peak um it, but that's also because it was dealing with previous versions of characters that we really loved and it was well done it was really really well done um but i don't know that we're gonna hit that end game peak ever again and and that's okay like that's that doesn't mean that we're gonna not like the mcu anymore it's just never gonna hit that peak probably ever again it's it's gonna be really hard to do and I hope I have to eat my words. I hope that we have to come on air and and review a film that's in theaters. And I'm going to go, hey, Matt, <laughs> you remember when I said that really dumb thing about Endgame never happening again? Wow, don't I look foolish? I hope that I have to do that. I'm looking forward to hopefully having to do that. But I'm not counting on it, I guess, is what I would say. So, yeah, I guess, you know, in terms of disappointments of the year, the MCU is kind of a hold. It's just it, it didn't feel as special. It didn't feel as good. It didn't feel like I, Oh my God, I can't wait for the next thing. And there's a lot of things at work here. 
all the major characters that are everybody's favorite characters, with the exception of the X Men, have already been introduced. They've already done the origin stories. There's there's not a lot of fan favorites that we haven't seen yet. You know, I think maybe when they get around to giving us Miles Morales, that might be another one that really gets people juiced up. Certainly anything X-Men will get people really juiced up. But that's just, you know, that's just what it is right now. Um, Starting the year off with Matrix 4, absolutely a huge disappointment of the year. It's not that it was the worst movie I watched this year, but man, what a kick in the teeth to start things off was not at all what we were really hoping for. Um, rolling through other, uh, Marvel films, Morbius total, I I call it a disappointment, but I don't know that we were really expecting anything of it. Um, she Hulk at different points was, was a, a disappointment. Uh, halo was not at all what I thought it would be. Um, so I would call that a disappointment, but the actual biggest disappointment of the year for me, um, without a doubt was Thor four um i actually strongly dislike that movie um i just i actually wanted to turn it off as i was watching it for the first time um i don't want to say it offended me because that makes it sound like something that's not but like i guess it if it, it offended my sensibilities of what a good movie should be and i i, I hated the tone um you know, Matt, I think you broke it down fantastically when, when you did the review of it. So I, I don't want to re-review that, but um, it is without a doubt my disappointment of the year. Yeah, I, I mean that it, on rewatches, because I have rewatched it two more times, it is it is worse every time. And it is Brandon just kind of looked at me as as we're doing this and said, why? When, when I said I rewatched it two times, but after rewatching it two times, I know that I really much like Thor, the dark world. I never really want to watch that again. As a matter of fact, I would probably go back and watch Thor, the dark world again over love and thunder. Um, because it's, you have Christian Bale, you have, you know, you have an interesting story, which they've done in the comics with Jane Foster. And you even had some good moments with her. But it's it's all and it brushed feels like over. that character, the mighty Thor, was wasted. It feels yeah, like that it's, was wasted. It's, it's all brushed over so that you know Thor can go play more freaking beer pong for a, a manner of speaking. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I again, that is to me just the example of the director having such a huge hit that they're like, well, he knows what he's doing. We don't need to have any kind of interference. And sometimes you need someone to, to reel it in. And, you know, I, I think even you can see it where the fact of like Hemsworth is like, yeah, if we do another one, we definitely need to go in a different direction. Like, and you saw that from Thor two to Thor three, where he's like, we need to do something with the character. That's a little different. Then he was like, Whoa, this is way too different. Um, So I certainly would agree with that. Halo was, a catastrophe. Um, Matrix Resurrections was another one. I mean, I've seen some pretty bad movies this year. I've seen things like Jeepers Creepers Reborn, which the director, I went and saw that in theaters. Uh, The director told you before the movie even started that it was going to suck. I've never seen anything like this in my life going (laughs) to a movie. Like, I'm not kidding. 
uh, I went there with a friend of mine. Um, her name's Mel. And before the movie started, the director like comes up on screen and talks about the the troubles of production with COVID and how they had to shut down for a couple months and they came back and this and that. And we the he's like, so thank you. And um, you know, uh Jeepers Creepers reborn, everybody. And, and Mel and I literally before the movie started, we turned and looked at each other and went, This is gonna suck. <laughs> Like feel it. You could feel it in the theater. Like everybody kind of looking at each other going, what the hell was that? Like I've honestly, I wish you two could have seen it. Or if anybody has, that's listening to this episode did see it. I've never seen anything like it going to see a movie where it was just like, this guy was like, please just understand this is going to be terrible. Like, um, sorry here's um, the movie sorry yeah, and that yeah. and and moonfall i i watched and you know emrick has you know he has one i think actually good movie and it's independence day i i think all of roland emrick's movies are actually really bad he's great at spectacle but he's only to me hit one really good movie with story and, and that's independence day um which i'm kind of surprised we've never done independence day yeah, why have we not done Independence Day? Well, I I don't because you let me pick everything. But <laughs> <laughs> put it on the calendar. <laughs> right, exactly. Um but I you know, things like that, Moonfall, Jeepers Creepers Reborn, and then from a standpoint of after rewatching it, you know, for me and then Brandon, I'll let you get to your list. Uh Halloween ends it is a huge huge disappointment. Now, I really enjoyed the concept of what they were trying to do, but the way that they decided that this was how they were ending the 40 year history of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode uh, is a really, really big insult. There's some great ideas in that movie and there's some things that you could have done to continue this franchise. And I think people would have been okay with, you know, this franchise continuing spoiler alert without Michael Myers per se, Um, but you don't do what they did when you've culminated. This as a 40 year, you know, event in the making, which it really was, um, just an incredibly disappointing thing to see that that's the direction that they decided to go with really felt like a slap in the face to fans. Um, you know, and upon another viewing my, my initial review of that movie really changed. Um, you know, I gave it. Um, as like a standalone Halloween movie, I rated it two different ways. I actually gave it a five. I do think it could continue the franchise in a really crazy, interesting way that I would really be excited for. But I, I rated it a one on the popcorn time scale for an ending to Michael Myers and Laurie Strode's 40 year history. Um, so for me, Halloween ends was actually my biggest disappointment overall of the year. So for mine, obviously Halo needs to be on that list. I don't know what 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 happened there. Like that's why I fear for Last of Us coming up is because of Halo. But I do have Halloween ends on there. Brandon, well. don't you hex the Last of Us? Don't you do it? The, the showrunner's not doing you guys any favors. <laughs> 
you know what Halo was made for? Halo was made for, and Rob, I think we said this. Halo was made for the girlfriend of the guy sitting on the couch to 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 walk by and go, "Oh, what are you watching?" and casually sit down with her boyfriend and go, "Oh, okay." I like this. Like, it's not made for the guy that was just playing Halo on his Xbox. It's made for the for the significant, yeah, the significant other in his life. But yeah, that uh, that that feels like the problem with like sort of adaptations now. But I also do have Halloween ends, and I was thinking about it. The vi- I won't say it, but the villain for ends should have really been for kills. Like, I was thinking about it after, and, like, my dad and I had a conversation. I was like, that feels like something perfect. And then you don't run into, like, any of the problems you I had with kill with ends. So, but here comes my major one. And I haven't heard it from any of you guys yet. And I hate that I have to say this show. I was super disappointed in Kenobi. Hmm. Okay, I I felt wow. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I would. There is some. There is literally one of my favorite Star Wars moments ever in that show. But the rest of it, oh, especially like after thinking about it. Interesting, Uh, Rob. Do you have anything on that? Because there were some pretty disappointing. Now, hang on, Brendan. Are you saying that it is? It, like, is that your most disappointing thing of 2022? See, because you guys say, like, Matrix and, like, a lot of the stuff I wasn't there for the anticipation. So a lot of it is just face value for me. But I was interested in Kenobi coming up, especially with all the news about it coming up. That, especially after, like, just kind of sitting on it, I'm like, man, that could have been... I felt like that could have been more. So anybody who says they were disappointed or unsatisfied with Kenobi again, um, I get it. Like you're not wrong. Um, There were parts, Matt, that you and I definitely disliked. There was parts of it. We were kind of like, all right, get on with it already. You know, there's, there's parts that were not well done. Certainly anytime you start playing around with chronological order and releasing prequels to things that we've already seen to tell a compelling story, you, you're going to have to end up with some stuff that doesn't fit when you start asking questions about why doesn't this happen again later? Or why was this never referenced later? The obvious one being, okay, so Leia has all these adventures with Obi-Wan that she never once refers to during the entire original trilogy. Like what, doesn't that sound kind of weird? And yes, it, it kind of does, but you sort of just, you know, okay, look, I, I still want to hear this story anyways. Um, I actually have that down as one of my favorite shows of the year, uh, just because of the parts of it that worked so well. I, it's been off, you know, it's been, it's been over for a few months now And I think mentally, I acknowledge there were parts that I hated, but I've sort of glossed over them by the the parts that I did like. Yeah, because like you're saying it and I remember it too. All this stuff was like Reva and... Oh yeah, that was mostly terrible. Well, it doesn't help that we got Reva after Fallen Order gave us Trilla, who is still like the best Inquisitor. So, like, you just got a worse product, but you kind of forget about that when you remember 
Anakin is gone. After that, that entire scene being one of my favorites in the series. Yeah, um, I, I certainly wouldn't say it was my my most disappointing, but there are things that I was just like, mm, yeah, I, I wish we could have maybe done something a little different. Um, it does feel to me, because the chatter started, that they save things for a season two. When I look back at Obi-Wan, I go, it feels like they might have put more into this, but they're going to do a second season. So they've taken some things out. Um, so, I, again, I Rob, I think you're right. Like, I get it. I, I'm not right on board with it being, you know, part of my disappointment of the year, but I, I do get it. Um, and I think, too, because there was there were more things that I saw and more things that, you know, like, you and I anticipated or even myself anticipated that Brandon really hasn't been a a part of, or he wasn't into that when like, you know, the matrix was the craze and everything was going on. So it's like, Oh, matrix four is coming out. All right, whatever. Like, sure. (laughs) As opposed to like, you know, particularly because we had just reviewed the original trilogy mm-hmm. uh, not that long prior. So it was still very fresh in my, my memory. Um, and I was very excited for it, knowing that they were bringing back so much of the original cast that we needed to have brought back. Um, yeah, it was definitely a disappointment for me. Yeah. So, you know, from disappointment, let's, let's pick ourselves back up a little bit here. Let's, let's not be so somber. Um, you know, we've got favorite movies, favorite shows of the year. Um, you know, we can loop. What was our biggest, you know, biggest surprise of the year? Um, and for me, again, I'll, I'll list a couple of favorites. But for me, surprise of the year and favorite movie of the year are one and the same. Um, I am in every way, in every language that you could say it. Um I'm I'm Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness when he tells Christine that he loves her in every universe. Um, I I have an absolute infatuation with Top Gun Maverick. Um, I am in love with that movie. I think it is the best movie of the year. I think it's an example of why cinema exists. Um. And I was blown away by how much I was actually moved by that movie. Um, and you cannot argue with results. I mean, that movie made way too much money for a movie that, I mean, let's face it. Top Gun was popular, but did any, when does 20 years, I mean, it's not even 20 years for God's sakes. I was about to say, isn't Top Gun like, old too? When does that work? Like, Rob, you know this. When does waiting that long to bring a sequel, when does it work the way that it worked with Maverick? Nothing I can think of. I mean, think how long they waited with Jurassic Park to Jurassic World. And there was some success. Um, You know, certainly it made a lot of money, but it's not regarded the same way. I think think the first movie is regarded pretty well. The second one is terrible by every measurable way you can imagine. Uh, and the third was okay. It was, wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but certainly not the way that people are are just absolutely jazzed up about Maverick. Yeah, you know, I didn't mention that, but you know, 
Jurassic World, um, uh, shoot, Dominion. What was it? Dominion. Um, you know, my biggest problem with that movie, I actually, I enjoyed it, but boy, it did not feel like a conclusion. That was my biggest problem is they touted it as this, like, you know, much like I said about Halloween ends, like, oh, this is the culmination of 30 years of Jurassic Park and the Jurassic World series. And it was like, all you did was leave this open for more movies. Like, there's way more questions than conclusive answers at the end of that movie. Yeah, I don't I didn't quite have enough things about it that I dislike where it moved into my right. disappointments of the year. Um, but it wasn't. You know, I, I guess maybe I was hoping for a bit more. I was hoping for something it just wasn't going to give. And I think I, I maybe came into it with a little bit of unfair expectations. I think that's a movie that I will probably enjoy more on a rewatch just because my expectations are already set. set. Like I already know what to get out of it. And can I just enjoy it when I already know what I'm going to get? So uh, in terms of my favorite shows and, and films of the year, um, and this will kind of dovetail in a little bit into my surprise of the year. Um Favorite movies of the year, you know, the ones that I considered were were Prey, uh, which is also my surprise of the year. I yep. had, oh okay. my God, I had no idea that I was going to like that movie that much. If you would have told me on January 1 last year, I was going to like a Predator movie that much, I would have told you you're out of your mind. It was incredible. <laughs> it blew me away. Definitely my surprise of the year. Um, Doctor Strange 2 was, was really high for me as far as things I really enjoyed this year. Um, and I'm also going to kind of include this uh, as a surprise of the year a little bit. Um, I'm surprised how much I loved the Batman. That was my favorite movie this year. Um, I think we were a little cautious going into it. We've been burned by this character before. We've been burned by DC before. Really bad. Like, really bad. So <laughs> to get excited about a DC film you kind of have to like tiptoe into it. You can't just jump feet first into it and be excited. Like you kind of have to have your guard up a little bit and man, that movie just delivered. So I would, I would call that um, kind of a little bit on my list of surprise of the year, but was my favorite movie this year. Um, my other surprise of the year was a film that I got to review uh, with my oldest daughter, Lillian was Lyle Lyle crocodile never heard of it. Didn't know anything about it. I was sitting in a theater and I even mentioned this during the review. I didn't even know that it was a live action movie until I was already had the tickets and was sitting in my seat watching it. Um, cause I knew that little about it. It's such a charming, fun movie that, um, I, I probably should look this up before, but I don't know where it's currently streaming if it is, but I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, if you have some extra time during the, the new year's week, um, it's absolutely worth looking into. It's really a lot of fun. Very charming movie. You won't regret watching it. So that was that was another one of my surprises of the year. Did we do favorite shows of the year yet? Did we get to that yet? No, I kind of just, I mean, I started, um, you know, I just, I want to, you know, for, it's interesting for the Batman because, you know, for me, the reason, the reason why I don't have that as like a surprise, like it is one of my favorites of the year, the reason why it's not my favorite, because one, I think it's the best Batman movie that's been made. Two, I think Pattinson's the best version of Batman we've ever seen. I I expected that, though. And again, I said these things on an episode. I expected all of these things. I expected Matt Reeves, based on his Planet of the Apes trilogy, to deliver. I expected Robert Pattinson to deliver based on the things that I've seen him, seen him in that are not Twilight, like 
I had 100% faith that this was going to be a fantastic movie. So although I sit there and I love that movie, um, I really expected it to be greatness. Um, and let's keep in mind, this was a movie that was put on pause due yep. to the COVID-19 pandemic. They were shooting. Pattinson got COVID when he was in London shooting this movie, and they had to put this thing on full halt. I mean, I don't actually know how long the production was shut down for, but you would never know that that was the case when you when you watch this. Everything flows. Everything seems seamless. It, there's there's no shifts in tone. There's 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 no weirdness that, you know, they couldn't get the lighting guy that they had before to come back like and certain shots look different. Nothing about that movie feels like there's a problem. Well, remember, too, there was that funny there was that article where there were all of these rumors that. Matt Reeves was super was really upset with Pattinson because oh, he yeah. said he needed to work out and Pattinson said no. And then, you know, not for nothing, like Pattinson's not this big guy. Like he's certainly in better shape than I am. But there's a scene where he's got his shirt off in the movie. It's like he totally got toned up for this. But there were all of these articles that like this movie's in trouble because Pattinson refuses to work out. Like, he was having trouble putting the weight on. I remember yeah, reading he's, those. He's yeah. not taking this seriously at all. Like this, this could be a disaster. Like there were a lot of things that people were like, well, this this might be. And I still said like, yeah, no, I don't I, I don't believe that at all. Like I there's no way I believe that this movie is not going to be anything other than great now did i think it would be a huge huge box office success and granted it made a lot of money but no there's certain things that you know especially so close to being like okay what's going on with Zack snyder's justice league what's going on with having michael keaton back in the fold what's going with you know is ben affleck coming back as batman um you know, I do think a a second Batman movie will similar to like what Batman Begins did and then the Dark Knight made. I think you're going to see a similar jump with the Batman 2 in terms of box office. Like it's going to skyrocket past what the first one did. But that's that's my thought. But um before we talk about maybe like shows, Brandon, anything just favorite movie wise or surprise and we can talk about shows. So a couple of my surprises also go into my favorite movies. Uh, Glass Onion, we loved. I actually recently um, recommended to my grandparents. They're like, yeah, we loved it. I was like, I know, right? It's awesome. But um, that was also something I went, you know what? This looks interesting. I think Black Panther also comes up as a surprise to me. That's because I wasn't too excited for it, especially with all the Phase 4. But then we walked out of the movie like, man, that was awesome. But... Also, Andor deserves to be on the surprise because I don't know how there was no way I was going to look into it and be like, yeah, this will eventually be one of my favorite Star Wars contents. But for favorite movies, I also have like Sonic 2. That is another that's also another one where I'm like, that came out this year. Jesus. But probably. This might be my number one favorite movie because it encapsulates everything I love about this series and franchise. I have Dragon Ball Super Superhero on there. And for having something that does not really feature the main characters, it is fully CGI. And there is just a lot of doubt coming up to it. And it's almost up there for my favorite Dragon Ball movie. 
Yeah, Rob, any any other thoughts on some of the other movies that were mentioned? I mean, Prey, I I totally agree with you. Prey was uh, to me unbelievable. Um you know, again, I I had high hopes for that based on who did it because it was Treckenberg um who did 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I really liked. I had a lot of faith in him. Um you know, I didn't expect it to be that good. I mean, we all gave it if I remember correctly, me, you and Harrison all gave it fives. Yes. Um, and just, it had such a naturally flowing conversation during our review, but you know, things like, you know, Top Gun or anything like that. Cause I, there were, there were so many disappointments, but there are also, I think there were so many, there were a lot of good movies, but that also is like, you know, I'm looking at things that came out in 2022 that I did not get to see. Um, but sorry, Rob, before I let you say that, geez, I just scrolled. Brandon and I talked about this maybe two weeks ago. I have to give an honorable mention here in 2022 for something that the theater experience was one of the reasons this was so fun, but also coming home and watching this inside the house. It was great as well. I got to give an honorable mention to Jackass Forever. Oh my god! I forgot that came out this year. That, that is a hundred percent one of my favorite movies. So I mean, it, boy, t- you talk about a theater making a movie. You know, again, and it, it's fun sitting watching it at home. But boy, that's just one of those times when you just you have all this crap that goes on, and to just have a theater full of people just it, it just sounds super cliche, just laughing and having a good time together there was just something so right about that. And like talking about that now, like Rob, you, you know, we, we all live in Buffalo. Um, you know, anybody that's listening to this show that knows what happened, we were hit with a incredible storm, you know, a week and a half ago that people lost their lives. There's property, there's, you know, building damages, there's places that, you know, were looted and really shitty stories that go along with it. But, you know, thinking back, like that was a moment where there was a bunch of people in the theater who might have different views on music, politics, whatever the case may be. But for that hour and 45 minutes, man, like everybody just enjoyed laughing. And that was a really cool experience that I definitely have to mention that is is something that was up there for for 2022. It's on my list of things I'd like to see, and it's I uh, haven't gotten to it yet. So you know, I'll try to get that one checked off because it is part of my resolution to get caught up on things. It's it's funny how a theater experience will stick with you. Like I can't tell you every movie I've ever seen in a theater. And if you ask me on you know a list of a hundred movies that I've seen, did you see that at home or in a theater or at somebody's house or whatever? Like I, I couldn't probably get all of them right. But I do remember certain theater experiences, and I can distinctly remember the one when I went to see Team America World Police, which is probably a very <laughs> similar theater experience to what it's like to see Jackass Forever in, in a theater. It's it's kind of a similar vibe. Like you sort of you know what you're going to get when you go. Like you're not going into those movies expecting it to be high art. Like you're not going in to see Citizen Kane. Like it's right. it's not a Kenneth Branagh you know Shakespeare adaption. Like it, you know what you're getting. It's it's a lot of poop jokes, and and you're going to laugh at them. Like that's what you're there for. Uh, but I distinctly remember it and, uh, and had a really great time with it. Um, and, you know, thinking back to, you know, two and a half years ago now, when you first started the show, Matt, and one of the first times I came on with you, we talked about 
is the movie theater one of the things that'll be killed off by COVID? We weren't sure. You know, I didn't think necessarily it would. You know, I don't think either of us really thought that the movie theater would ever truly go away. But would it would it come back as strong as it did before? And I think we can safely put that fear that it wasn't going to come back as strong as before to rest. I think it movie theaters are firmly back. The theater experience is firmly back. It's not just people coming back for 4D experiences or 3D glasses or any kind of just gimmicks where there's, you know, the seats are sliding around, which people, you know, Matt, you've seen several of those and have really spoken highly of of the experience. It's not just those things that are getting people back. People want to see movies in the theater. They want to do that. They want to take part in that. And that's firmly back 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with that. So, you know, let's talk about a couple of TV shows. You know, certainly for me, um, Andor is up there. That's definitely my favorite show of the year. Um, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, right behind that. Andor, Andor seriously took the list. That show, that show was incredible. Um, it's not so much a show, but I have to count these specials. Werewolf by Night. I thought was incredible. Um, I think these two one-offs that they've done, the guardians of the galaxy holiday special and werewolf by night. Those were really, really good. Um, But Andor is again, I put that up there literally with the Mandalorian. The Andor is, it's such a good show. I cannot say enough about it. Um, But those are a couple of my mentions for, for television uh rob anything you know that you got for what really ranks up there for you you know you mentioned the guardians of the galaxy christmas special which i got a chance to watch with my family you know actually i think we watched it on christmas um i'll tell you what gives me hope for the future of marvel is that that special shows that marvel knows how to be goofy and just kind of silly without going overboard with keeping the tone on point like that's that's the that's the tone that makes sense for that you know it's ridiculous when it needs to be but it's it gets serious when it should be um so i i do have hope for the future um i so i really enjoyed that as well i enjoyed obi-wan um house of the dragon was was something i was really into this year we haven't talked about you know much in the in the thrones world but i was definitely into house of the dragon Um, And my other favorite show this year is something that we don't get a chance to talk much about, but the world of comedy. Um, There's a show on Hulu called Letterkenny that absolutely slays me. I I can't recommend that show highly enough. The the humor is so fast. It's so witty. It's so wordy. Um, And it's, it's, you got to just check it out. But they spun a show off of a character uh, that's called Shorzy. And he's, uh, he's basically just, you know, they call him hockey chirps where he basically just throws out the most creative insults you've ever heard in your life. And they based an entire show, uh, a spinoff around him. And I loved it. I absolutely adored it. And um, I think they're going to do another season of it and I'm here for it. All right. I like that a lot. Brandon, what do you got? All right. So obviously I'm going to say Andor. And one thing I'm surprised my dad didn't mention is season three of the boys came out this year. 
See, I forgot that that came. There's so much I forgot that that came out. It also, yeah, it also helps that I first binge watched the entire show basically, and now I was like, hey, just like Andor, I was like, you need to see this. Then season three came all the way through. I will never watch the first ten minutes of episode one with any other family members, but <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> he knows he's laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. Um, I think one that it's weird because it wasn't it ended this year, but it definitely didn't start. I think Dragon this one not many people are gonna know Dragon Quest: The Adventures of Dai. And it was something that my dad and I watched for, how long was it? Like two years, maybe? Yeah. That it came, that it's been out and running. And it ended this year. And honestly, it feels like an empty space is there on Friday nights from when that episode, those episodes were aired ever since it ended. Yeah, that was a really good show. Um, and again, that's like something doing together. So it does feel like there's a, a, a bigger gap um, with that, but you know, Rob or Brandon, anything else that you have before we move on to the next category? All right, we're good. So, you know, we're going to kind of start closing out 2022 here with, I think the first thing is, do you have, because I think the story of the year is what, is going to take up a little bit more time. Do you have a streaming service of the year? For me, it would be HBO Max. Um, just because I've watched some really good stuff on there and I've watched some really bad stuff on there. But at the same time, they have some really bad stuff on there that I like to watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, there's a lot of spottiness with like Paramount Plus and Netflix. Um, you know, I mean, I did just watch Glass Onion on Netflix, and uh, yeah, that movie. You know, well, you know, Knives Out and then Glass Onion. I, I love those two movies from Ryan Johnson, but to me, HBO Max just had a much more consistent palette of things that I would either watch or watch again. Um, you know, Disney Plus. I don't know. I, I I can't really say Disney Plus based on how disappointed I was with a lot of things, and even. You know, I just started the National Treasure series on Disney Plus, and I'm like, this is freaking terrible. Like, this is absolutely horrendous, and I love those movies. So, for me, it's it's HBO Max. Yeah, it's hard, I it's hard to kind of choose for me between HBO Max and Disney Plus, just because there were so many things that I had to see uh, that were on Disney Plus. I'm, I'm going to kind of lean that way, uh, just because as a family of five with with um, you know, one kid in middle school and two in elementary school, you kind of have to have Disney plus. And when Disney owns the rights to star Wars owns the rights to Marvel, those are two of the intellectual properties that are nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, you know, I, as I would thought about this category and how I would choose my, my streaming service of the year, um, it was kind of like, okay, if one of these was, if your access to one of these was taken away, which one would hurt the worst or which one would you feel you were missing out the most on? Uh, to me, that was Disney plus. So that's my choice for the year. 
Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense, especially given, like you said, your situation. Um, yeah, Disney Plus makes sense. Yeah, I do have Disney Plus and HBO as well. I think pointing out just how much stuff Disney has is just an instant, like, how can you kind of compete with that? But HBO also has, like, a lot of good stuff. I wish it would have also gone Batgirl, but I but pre-merger era HBO Max is definitely yeah, probably my favorite out of the streaming services. But who knows what's going to happen after everything they've said with what they're going to be doing after all this merger stuff takes over. Yeah, I think with with HBO Max, I think maybe we might all have the same thoughts. But to me, that leads in, for me, the story of the year. And I don't know how anybody – and Rob, you had it listed. Brandon said it when he saw the list. Is there any – obviously, we joked earlier about the slap at the Oscars. Is there any bigger story than – what the hell is the DCEU? Or DC in general. Because they Just don't DC even, in general. They they don't know. And that's gonna lead that's actually one of my like kind of bold predictions that we'll talk about for 2023. To me, that's the story. You hear about how you know they cancel Batgirl that was already done and in post-production, they lose 90 million dollars on it. You know Henry Cavill coming back, and as soon as he's back, he, good. See ya. <laughs> good lord, he he's like a shirt out of the dryer that hasn't lost its warmth yet, and it's he's tossed in the garbage. You have them saying that they can only release so many movies a year because they don't have money to actually market them. You have Ezra Miller going around and judo flipping women and getting arrested and breaking into houses to steal alcohol, like and getting yeah, arrested ter- again and then getting yeah. arrested again. Like how many times did that guy get arrested this year? Yeah, it was at least again, at least three, three, I think. Like I thought you were supposed to be the Flash. How are you? How are you getting caught? Like, like, like you know, yeah. and he was in real life. He was turning into the Reverse Flash for God's sakes, like. Right in front of our eyes, right in front of our eyes. But you know, Rob, was there and is there any other story that's as mind-boggling as DC? I think in general, and it's just, not over. No, just the general WTF with DC was really to me the story of the year, and, and you mentioned all of it. I mean, just the the fact that Batgirl was was in the studio's opinion so bad that they just canceled it, and I believe the story is that they didn't just cancel it. They destroyed all copies of anything that had been done with the film because they never wanted it to reach the light of day much in the same way. Like the, the fantastic four Ashcan film that was made years ago. Like you can find it. It's out there. It's on YouTube. Um, like they didn't want anybody to see this thing. They wanted it gone. They just said, Nope, we're just going to cut our losses. $90 million right into a wood chipper gone. Uh, it's hard to think about a studio just being okay with that and not even trying to recoup their losses in some way at all. Um, that was just mind boggling to me. The, the nonsense going on with Ezra Miller, just the guy cannot keep himself out of trouble. And 
and not only that, but this Flash movie was supposed to come out this year, and and they said that you know it's delayed for this, delayed for that. I gotta think that Ezra's problems are are a large part of of why that movie was was being delayed. And it's almost to the point where you kind of wonder, is DC waiting until the kind of the smoke clears and, and Ezra's not so toxic to be able to try to release this? Are they looking into how much would it cost to CG a replacement actor in over top kind of the way that, um, you know, Zack Snyder had to do with the army of the dead when, when Tig Notaro was put in and I forget who the actor was that, um, that was replaced, but I want to say it was somebody that had done something pretty bad and, and was, it was going to be tough to release that movie, um, you know, with that, with that person still attached to it. And then you look at what they actually put out. So they put out the Batman, which was fantastic. There's rumors about a Joker sequel with Lady Gaga. That's going to be a musical. Like you heard all of that. What is that? But what they actually put out for the DCEU at the very beginning of the year was a Peacemaker show that that I don't think a lot of people watched, but it was well regarded. I don't think anybody who watched it said it was bad. You got six or eight episodes of that and Black Adam, which I, I don't think anybody really liked Black Adam. I got about three quarters of the way into it and fell asleep and haven't turned it back on. Um, I I really think that Man, what a mess. And I think when you talk about all of these things, and there's even stuff that happened, I know that we're not even covering. And it really makes you appreciate. I know that we just kind of poo-pooed the MCU a little bit um, for not living up to the hype of of the first three phases. But it really makes you appreciate what Kevin Feige and his team and Marvel Studios has given us, that they can give you a consistent, cohesive narrative universe um, that nobody else has been able to touch. It makes you appreciate them more. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think that smoke clears up with Ezra Miller. I, I feel like his, the stuff that happened with him is way too public and way too out there for that to clear up. But I think he's also just going to be gone after this movie as well. So oh, it's not, definitely. Yeah, it's not... Even without the merger, I think he's just gone. So I don't think it'll be that much. But then again, it's been kind of just funny to just sit and laugh. You get rid of Batgirl. Apparently it had the same audience score or like kind of reviewer score as Black Adam when it was test screened. But obviously they're not going to can the Rocks movie. And then Black Adam waits like, what, 16 years and then it flops. Mm-hmm. And then, like, probably one of their best works this year went under the radar with Peacemaker. So it's just kind of comical to see what all happened at DC. And it's like, how did that turn out like that? Well, there was – I cannot find it anymore because it came up on – oddly enough, it came up on my TikTok feed. But there was a podcast – talking when batman v superman was first announced they were talking about it it was this guy and he was with two girls in the podcast and they're like batman v superman like oh my god we're getting this this is happening and literally this guy says then if you can find the clip he goes if they screw this up this will set them back for 10 years and they'll have to reboot their entire universe and they will be screwed (laughs) <laughs> and they're, and they're like they there's no way they can mess this up no. this will not happen and he's like mark my words 
if this gets screwed up, you are you are dead in the water for 10 years and you will never get this franchise off the ground. And I was like, holy crap, he was dead on right. Like, they have never recovered from Batman v Superman. It's in everything that's happened since then, you know, good or bad has just added to the chaos around their connected universe. I mean, think about what a celebration the Snyder cut finally being released was, and it was good, but that just mm-hmm. added more chaos. Like, are they going to keep, you know, and I think to some extent people were expecting the rock to have some say in whether or not the Snyder verse was being kept or not. And then he had to come out and say that it wasn't, even though he was in favor of it. Like, what a mess. Like, what an absolute mess. And it makes it hard to get emotionally invested in these projects because you just don't know what the future of them will be. Yeah, well, you have these movies that are like, okay, well, Aquaman 2. Who cares? Because the rumors are that Jason Momoa is getting recast as Lobo. He's not going to play Aquaman anymore. So uh, who cares? You've already scrapped Wonder Woman 3. As far as I know, Keaton's dead in the water. He's not doing anything else besides the Flash movie. There's no way you probably keep Ezra Miller after this. They're probably just only not doing these things until these movies come out to try and at least save some money at the box office. Because if you go, look, Momoa's done as Aquaman. Gal Gadot's done as Wonder Woman. They've already re- they've already removed her cameo from what we've been told from the Flash. You know, you bring back Ben Affleck to film more scenes for the flash and Aquaman too. He's done. Right. Like what, why would people go see these movies? Like, what does it mean? Like, so to me, they're only not announcing these things because they want to at least save some face. Um, But what a disaster for them. But, you know, before we move into 2023, I think that's a good, I think that's a good ending point to say, where do you, after all is said and done, the dust is cleared. Where do you rate 2022 on the popcorn time scale? And for me, it's a three. Some, some really, really good highs and some really, really bad lows. Um, And I think it kind of just puts it right in the middle. Um, But again, I think that's where maybe I needed to, you know, to me, this was a year where it was evident that I need to branch out. I think I'm, I'm very similar to you there. There's some real highs this year, some things that you will remember. Uh, but there's a lot of things that I listed as a disappointment that it's hard to overlook um, that to me, there was way more disappointments than there were surprise hits or just things I was absolutely enthralled with. Um, I will kind of give this year overall a little bit of a pass. Just like I said, I think there's still a lot of of things with the the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact that it had on schedules and shooting and production and, uh, you know, marketing and things like that. Uh, but it's a two and a half buckets out of five for me. Uh, you know, I, I'll remember the great parts of it, um, but it's just a lot of disappointments. I think this kind of down the middle three would be a good kind of rating. Nothing spectacular in terms of like entertainment this year. All we had some bad, but we also had some good. Maybe I also just need to watch Avatar and Top Gun Maverick in order to increase that rating. But 
Well, not too bad, not too good. It also might help that I did watch some stuff that I haven't watched in my life before. Like, now I'm excited for Scream 6 because I watched all of those movies again. But I wouldn't say it's been a bad or really great year anyways. Yeah, I think, you know, we're all relatively, you know, we're very, very close. But, you know, as we cap off, you know, what we think is going to happen here, uh, we're going to give a quick, a safe prediction for 2023 and a bold prediction for 2023. Uh, My safe prediction, maybe all of us had the same thing. The MCU gets back on track. I think the lineup looks much better for this year. Um, with things that fans can be more excited for. Certainly, I think the trailer for Ant-Man and the, uh, you know, Quantumania looks fantastic. Um, and my bold prediction actually comes from not a student, like it ties into DC, but with everything that we're starting to hear about, Dwayne Johnson and certain things that he kind of used Superman as leverage. He said, I'm not going to do a cameo in Shazam two. Cause I only play in the big leagues. Um, I predict his star power drops drastically it already has. in 2023. I think that his movies, whatever he's going to do, he's going to need to put his focus on his tequila business his the XFL launches in 50 days. I think this guy's drawing power is going to take a huge hit with some of these things that have come out where he, he seems to have bit off a little bit more than he could chew. And a a guy that was kind of beloved um, in Hollywood, I think is going to take a major ego hit in 2023. So I've got uh, a couple safe predictions. Um, I'll run them quick. Halo season two will be better. That's my safe prediction. Uh, Indy five will suck. I think Can that's it also, be- no, it cannot be worse. Uh, <laughs> Indy five will suck. That's another safe prediction for this year. Ant-Man three will again be better than it has any right to be. Um, keeping in line with the first two Shazam two will be a drop in quality from the first Mario will be better than you think it will be. Into the Spider-Verse 2 will be the best superhero movie of the year. Those are my safe predictions for 23. Yeah, geez. Into the Spider-Verse, I I totally agree with. I'll let Brandon piggyback. That's jumping off a mattress safe, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Those are are my safe predictions. Uh, I've got three bold predictions. I'm going to go out on a limb, and then we can laugh at these when none of them come wrong. Um, The streaming boom is going to plateau. And when I say plateau, I think you will see drops in subscription numbers. I think you'll see the number of services being created will certainly reduce. I don't think there's room for any new services to be created. I wouldn't be surprised if another service kind of either goes down or merges or, uh, you know, really downsizes the scale of what they're trying to do. I think I think that there's certainly uh, an opportunity for that boom to, I won't call it a bust. I, I'm not going to call it a bubble bursting, but I'm going to say a minimum that the streaming boom will plateau. Uh, that's my pr- bold prediction. And then I've got a bold prediction that's going to be slightly different from your safe prediction, Matt. I think the MCU is going to continue to lose a little more steam and interest in 2023. I think just looking at the slate... There's some stuff I'm excited about, and there's some things that I think could be 
you know, not going to really jazz the fans up. Uh, my third and final bold prediction for 23 that is sure to go wrong. The next Transformers movie will be pretty good. See, I actually feel like that. See, to me, I didn't say I didn't even think about that. To me, it's a safe bet that it's going to be good. The trailer looks too good. Bumblebee was such a good movie. They do not have Michael Bay in their ear. They're not worried about just only explosions and, you know, gratuitous shots of ass. Um, So uh, I I hope to God. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Now I'll go, I think safe prediction. And this is, I don't think you guys even really know about much of this movie, but I'm also including it in 2023. There's a game called Five Nights at Freddy's, which is getting a movie adaptation. And with the Mario, you said something about the Mario movie being better. I think that's going to be a lot better. They just cast Matthew Lillard as the main villain. And I'm after seeing Scream, he fits that role so good. I'm like, this is actually going to be somewhat good. I'm pretty surprised. And now that I think about it, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse might be one of the best Spider-Man movies ever coming up. But um, let's see, bold prediction. I think the Mario movie will be good, but I don't think it'll be Sonic 2 good. Unless they do something that is way out there for that franchise, I don't see how they could surpass it for me. Another one? I think this is going to be the best year for Star Wars that we've seen in a long time, like as a franchise. Because I'm going to be so upset if I'm if we're here next year, and I put Ahsoka in like disappointment. I'm super excited for that. We got Jedi Survivor, which if it's way better than Fallen Order, dear Lord, we're in for something special. And we have Mandalorian, so I know a lot of people like that. So we could be in for something really good Star Wars-wise. Yeah, ah- Ahsoka, Mandalorian, we've got The Bad Batch Season 2. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff coming out that looks like it's going to be, you know, definitely uh, uh, up there. So yeah, I like that last that's... bold prediction about this being a good year for Star Wars because I almost put Mando Season 3 being pushed out of 22 into my disappointments of the year. Cause it was something that uh, I was really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I will say that that trailer though, good Lord, Ooh. that it, it makes it go. All right. If I don't know if you needed to push it out of 2022 to, to make it look like that, yeah. then <laughs> I'm I, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. I, I, for, I forgive you. Where, where are we going for dinner? Like, um, but yeah, I mean, just an overall, what what a crazy year 2022 was. Uh, you know, 2023, there's certainly some really big tent pulls coming out. But again, like I stated, I think all of us kind of hope to, you know, branch out a little bit more, watch a couple different things. You know, Brandon said, you know, he this year finally watched the scream movies. I came home one random night and he's watching the original scream. And I'm like, what, wait, what, what are you watching? And that turned into let's binge through all of these. And then it was, 
yeah, when Scream 6 comes out, I want to go to the theater and see that. Um, uh, one, one bold prediction. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave it with one more bold prediction for me. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey will be a good horror movie. <laughs> I, one, I hope it is, actually. <laughs> one February 15th, folks. One, one more bold prediction from me that that will be good. Um, God, I hope we watch him eat Eeyore. And I'm sorry if that disturbs anybody. But... <laughs> actually, I'm sorry if it doesn't disturb you. <laughs> so... But boy, what a year. And, you know, there, there's certainly some things here for 2023 that we're going to, you know, change. Um, we'll add on to, so to speak, at Matt Goes to the Movies. We are going to be doing some live recordings. We're going to be doing some viewing parties, guest hosts. We're going to be streaming video games in 2023. Um, more vi- YouTube video reviews. Uh, we have started to talk and we're trying to work out a schedule to get through, you know, the resident evil movies and actually sit down, watch those. Um, we'll have to coincide with maybe having the next day off. Cause I'm assuming each of us might have to have their own individual six pack <laughs> getting through these, <laughs> yeah. getting, through, getting through these movies. So maybe, Working the next day is not the best thing. <laughs> it's not the best thing that we could do. Um, but and and a lot more giveaways. I'm I'm working on a lot of of upcoming things to to get more giveaways for the listeners. Um, I'm looking at right now actually five copies on Blu-ray of the movie Smile and Jerry and Marge go large to do more giveaways for listeners as we go into 2023. So. Rob, you know, anything that, you know, you're working on, you said maybe some other people for the, the EPU, what, what's going on there? Yeah. So you can definitely count on more episodes this year with, uh, my younger brother, Eric, and certainly more episodes with Lillian. Uh, I've got, uh, two co-hosts now that are pitching me ideas all the time. So we've definitely <laughs> got a lot of fun stuff there. And then, uh, reaching out to some other friends that, uh, I think would, be really interesting to have on air. And I think listeners would enjoy hearing their perspective. So uh, some friends from college I'm reaching out to, to see kind of what projects they'd be interested in talking about. You know, again, with the EPU, we're, we're either talking about new family movies uh, or reaching deep into the catalog of films that have really impacted us over a long period of time. So uh, looking forward to hopefully cranking out some more of those this year. Yeah, no, I certainly look forward to that. I again, I've always enjoyed those EPU episodes. Um, you know, I've especially enjoyed you know the ones with Lily. Those have been. I, I was so surprised at her like her poise during those epi- You know, during those episodes, and I got to be honest, four of those those episodes are in the top ten for downloads for this show. So. Um, you know, Rob, you and I joked, I was like, is she telling everybody at school about them? Cause you know, I just see download after download after download those for those. Yeah. You're like, no, nah, she really doesn't talk about it. It's like, so now, whoever's see, you, you out can't there, be too cool in that, in that age. Like that's where right? like, you got, you got to avoid how cool you try to come off because then you can become a target. Seventh grade is yeah. a weird year. <laughs> exactly. So whoever is listening to those episodes and then recommending them, um, you know, that that's gotta be word of mouth. Because if she's not telling people and they're not downloading from her school, 
uh, people are really enjoying those episodes. And, you know, if you're one of those people that enjoy those episodes, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoyed the video game reviews that we did, um, you know, there's certainly more of that coming, but contact the show. So, Rob, it's, it's going to be the same in, in 2023, but you say it so well in 2022. How do they get a hold of the show? Holy cow, there's so many great ways you can get a hold of the show. And and pick which one you like best because we want to hear from you. Yes, you, the person sitting on the subway on the way to work. Yes, you, the person who's walking to class right now. Perhaps you're loading your dishwasher, walking your dog. Maybe you're on a treadmill or uh, you know, you're going for a new personal best on the bench. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever side quest you happen to be on right now, or maybe you're main questing. Maybe you're actually, you know, Instead of grinding some EXP before you go into the final boss, maybe you're fighting the final boss right now while you're listening to this. Uh, We would love to hear your thoughts on what 2022 was for you, what you're looking forward to in 23, or any feedback you have on any previous episode. You can do that by contacting the show at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Just the initials of the show. Matt goes to the movies. Just mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. While you are on the interwebs, you should certainly make sure you subscribe to the show wherever it is you downloaded this fine episode. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, There is a Facebook group you can post in as well. You can find the show on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Is the show on LinkedIn yet? Is there a LinkedIn page for MGTTM? Yes, there is. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you can uh, you can see what jobs are being uh, hired for at uh, Matt Goes to the Movies Home Studios. Uh, so th- that's out there, too. But uh, any way you feel like contacting the show, please do so. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, again, couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, Brandon. Um, and I'm sure he's going to listen to this. So again, for, for all of 2022, thank you, Harrison, for the episodes that you've done on this show with us, the episodes that we've done with you. Look forward to doing more things with the Basement Binge in 2023. But at the end of it all, just thank you. And most importantly, thank you to the listeners. Uh, you know, when we started this show, when I first started it two years ago, um, and then Rob was a part of it, and then Brandon and everything, you know, we joked, I recorded episodes from my cell phone, you know, no mic, no nothing. Um, and the fact that there's anybody out there that listens to this show, um, is really actually cool. It, it brings us together. I've had some really great conversations. Rob and I have gotten an actual great friend out of the podcast. So it's been a, a really, really cool run with this. Looking forward to bringing much more in 2023. So everybody that's listening, thank you so much for being with us. And we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.